0: Hello, and welcome to Let Your Guard Down, a podcast with myself, Peter Corcoran, where I'll be joined each week by various guests to have an open discussion about that person's path and how they ended up where they are now, with an openness around adversity, difficulty, and challenging times, as well as the more positive experiences along the way. Today, I will be doing something a little different and doing an episode by myself. This episode will cover my own journey over the last decade from my cancer diagnosis at 16, the emotional rollercoaster that followed, to coming out the other side and being able to be speaking here today. I really hope you enjoy. So, as mentioned in the introduction, I'm going to be doing today's episode by myself, giving an insight just into my cancer experience, um how it affected me, um, the years post-treatment, um, how it dealt with it, you know, some of the issues that would have came up, um, and I really appreciate anyone who's, who's tuning into, into this episode, um, it really does, um, I, I just, but, but all the podcast episodes, I just hope if anyone can take something from it, then that's all that really matters, isn't it? So, um, not gonna lie, I've never done a podcast episode by myself, so, uh, probably feeling a little bit more nervous, um. It's gonna be a bit different, to say the least, to be talking for thirty or forty minutes or whatever it is um, on my own. Um, as much as I love talking, shy—well, uh, this isn't really shy—but as much as I love talking, um, this is this is different. Uh, so, look, I hope I hope, as I said, I hope I hope you enjoy uh, if you're listening. So, um, to give a background into my uh, to my illness. So, at sixteen years of age. Um, I was diagnosed with stage 2 Hodgkin's lymphoma in September 2009 and the symptoms that really came for it were I noticed for the previous kind of 12 months looking back now I had a kind of persistent cough that never went away Um, I had a really really bad pain in my chest but the big one for me was weight loss Um, and kind of rapid weight loss within 2 or 3 months um, before September so um, once I had the pain in my chest um, I went down to my GP he told me to go get it checked out went into A&E um they did the tests uh, or they decided to keep me in the the x-ray that they did was uh was abnormal um the results were abnormal so and um, they had to keep me in overnight and over the weekend then for the following week to do to do various tests so i had biopsy done bone marrow biopsies done bloods the whole lot and the following week i was diagnosed uh with lymphoma hodgkin's lymphoma as I said so um there was no hanging about. It was straight into treatment. So I had I had six months of chemotherapy, twenty one uh twenty-one days then of radiotherapy after that. So that was spread over eight months. So I finished my my, my treatment around the end of end of May twenty ten. And to be fair, um the physical aspect of the treatment went fairly seamlessly. I'm not gonna like that it was great, you know, I'm really grateful that it that it did go that well. But there was no issues with um there was no issues with, say, infection. There was no, I never had to be admitted into hospital. Uh, it actually just went really well. And, but one thing I, I did notice about when I was going through my treatment was, I felt very safe throughout the whole thing. And, like, bear in mind at the time, I'm a 16-year-old, so at the time I might have thought I was, I, I knew everything, but, like, you know, as a child, um and you kind of just surrender into into the care of your parents or the care of the nurses. So I didn't really have. I just felt re- weirdly. I felt safe, and I actually felt quite happy. I, I don't know if happy is the correct word, but very content, very, very safe, very at peace. I, I knew that this I had to do this treatment over the couple of months, and yeah, kind of I kind of just got on with it. But I definitely now, as I said, looking back then, I can see how i just completely gave myself up to the care of the nurses the care of my parents it was kind of on them you know i give up responsibility nearly for for myself and that made me feel really safe because it felt like i was 24 7 being looked after if it wasn't a, a home with, with my parents and, and my sister taking care of me it was um it was in hospital with the nurses and the doctors so i kind of yeah it's proper you know you you were probably at a most vulnerable time a very vulnerable time in your life and you just yeah it gave up control really and those eight months were actually probably and weirdly one of the most peaceful times of my life from what I can remember just a very pe- well maybe not the most peaceful time of my life but very peaceful anyway just a very peaceful mindset very safe um but look as I said the physical treatment kind of went very, very seamlessly. Um, it was only kind of when the treatment stopped that um, I started to kind of encounter the issues like of regards around the mental side of things and the emotional toll of what had just happened. And to be fair, you know, like the, the attitude I had and I think the attitude that the majority of people would have and it's completely understandable is that, you know, like if, if you're after coming through the treatment then you're absolutely fine. You know, it would be well. You're fine. Like you know, you're you're happy. You're, you're healthy. You know, you're you're not sick anymore. And you could be. I, that was that was my attitude going, going through the treatment. I nearly couldn't wait to get better because I was like, I'm gonna be this new man. You know, I, the yes man. I'll do everything. You know, whole new appreciation. Whole new kind of attitude to life. Attitude to living. I'm um, gonna get all of the experiences and. It's a bit of a a shock um, when it's not like that um, at all. It it wasn't really like that at all. The minute my treatment ended, I know, my anxiety kicked in. Um, And I just, like, you went from zero to 100 in the sense of zero was you're safe, you're protected, you're being taken care of, you've no real, as I said, responsibility for yourself. It's all in the hands of other people that you trust. And then that just stops. So... Like the way the way I would look at it is, there was something wrong with my body, um, so I I didn't really trust my body then. Like the, and again, this is coming from looking back in hindsight. But you're giving up that control and it, all your safety is in other people. You know, it's in as I said the the, the care of the nurses, the care of my family, um, my parents, my sister, uh, even my friends. And then when that stops, you're kind of left in limbo. You're like. where is that now you know I certainly don't have it because look what happened to my body like look what look what, that was the attitude in my head look what happened to me like so I can't trust my my own body but I could trust everybody else but they're all they're all say this is all stopped now so what do I do and it was really at the time I didn't know what was going on all I had was just you know a lot of anxiety um the mindset was real kind of one of bargaining um you very much worst case scenario thinking uh like catastrophic thinking uh looking for an answer as to why i i needed something like i well i felt i needed something to uh you know to make cancer make sense i needed to be like oh this happened because of this um and at the time you know as a, as a 16 year old 17 year old when i finished treatment that you don't really have the emotional capacity to be uh, to be making sense of of an experience like that so um over the years then as time went on like you know that the anxiety kind of initially dipped up um to very high levels then became non-existent for a while and then it came back and then was non-existent and it was just this kind of up and down cycle over over the next couple of years and i remember being you know my underlying attitude was though very afraid um of everything very afraid of living Uh, very afraid to be happy because and if that doesn't make sense to anybody what i mean is like to be truly happy you have to give up that element of control that element of um fear that like something bad could happen that's like that's the only way you can be really truly happy and i i couldn't i by giving that up meant i was out of control um of myself and what could happen to me so I was terrified to be happy to be to let my guard down if you pardon the pun but um yeah no just that that's pretty much what it is it's just happiness involves such a lack of control and such a lack of fear that I just couldn't go there so other feelings of like low self-esteem you know I was very very bothered by the way I put on weight throughout throughout my treatment um and, you know, obviously I knew it was all medical-related, you know, from, from steroids. And so I, I had to put on weight. I'd lost, a, like, a drastic enough amount of weight before before my treatment started. So I needed to put on weight. And it, there, was, there was a period throughout the treatment where I was kind of at a, at a good, solid weight. And I was happy. But, like, the, I don't even know where really it was much sort of weight. It's like the, the steroids kind of bloat you. You know, they make you look real bloated and puffy. And your face is all, like, puffed up around your eyes. And just... You know, it was. It's not great for a sixteen-year-old lad who's who's still trying to find his feet, um, in school, in college, with peers, socially, <laughs> playing playing sport or whatever. It's really hard when something like that happens to you that you've no real control over, and I just like do remember really struggling with like low self-esteem, um, especially around that, and um, you know, like that. That obviously then over the years, as I said, it kind of. <laughs> this Started to creep into uh, lots of different aspects of my life. Um, work, um, very distracted in work because you'd be so anxious, you'd be so, oh, you'd just be fearful all the time of something happening that like you're totally on edge, hyper vigilant, just like constantly scanning, constantly being aware for the next thing that could go wrong and trying to be aware so that you could prevent this from happening or, or keep the control um, it, it came, I came into everything it came into my relationships with my friends re- relationships with girlfriends relationships with my family um, as I said my sport uh, college as well studying social life you know you with the low self esteem then became a kind of like social anxiety of being out and you know what people taught you and you, I didn't have the 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 sureness of myself to to be able to not care about that like to be fair like that was everything to me um because i hadn't got to the place yet of dealing with um trying to accept myself and try it what happened like so i i, I looked everywhere else for that kind of acceptance and that that validation um to make to make myself feel better um and just over the, so this would have been I finished the treatment in 2010 so I'd say the next 5 or 6 years um, were just met with as I said very up and down but then from 2013 and 14 onwards to about 2016 and 17 was just I just noticed it progressively getting worse and it was it was more consistent as in it was more days anxious than it wasn't anxious and I was just going through the same cycles again and again and again of you know, I'd I'd have some sort of thought or something would worry me. I'd deal with that specific thing, feel better for a little while, and then a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, sometimes even a couple of hours later, I'd find something else. Um and worry about that, deal with it, move on. And at the time I, I couldn't even see I was doing this. I actually thought that the things that I was worrying about were the actual issues rather than there being maybe a deeper kind of underlying problem that i had um around like fear of something happening to me you know they couldn't deal with the lack of control i had over getting sick and um, my own mortality as well that was that was a bit um that was a very kind of frightening thing to have to confront is that you know it is it is that uh, it is that easy it's that simple something can just happen like that in 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 a split second and you know that's again at the age i was at like I, I was coming into my early 20s then at this stage i still don't think you're really emotionally developed or equipped to be um to be comprehending things like that so it just came out in it just came out in consistent anxiety and consistent up and down hyper vigilance as i said um and it was tough you know because it's like it i i i I didn't really know what was going on I knew there was a problem there but I just didn't know like you know what? What, I was like, what is the problem here like why can't why am I struggling to be happy like why am I struggling to play to you know play, play football and enjoy it you know like why am I constantly on edge like why is my work is like are they, why are they suffering you know why when I was in college why do I have repeats and things like that like you know like why can't I study I always would have been a, like a a good worker a good studier and it's like why can't i have no focus here it just just felt like i in pure survival mode the whole time every day was just about getting through it getting to bed and getting up and facing the next day again that was it and so much to to an extent then you just started to become a bit of a recluse because my mind had just gone into overdrive and i couldn't there was too much out there to be afraid of that That it just, um, I I didn't see the point in doing anything. The only place I felt safe was really at home, or maybe a time uh, in a close friend's house, um, or a you know out with a family member or something like that. That was the only time I could feel any sort of relief from it was was going on like that. And if I stepped outside of that boundary, um, I I often didn't know how to deal with it. So if I as I said um on the the cancer gram talk um beforehand that uh, if I was out having a few a few beers with my mates and these feelings started to come up, I would just hammer the drink into me to to get rid of the feelings. I couldn't I couldn't even confront them or except they were there. It was just like, What's the easiest way to get rid of this? And it was get blackout drunk or blind drunk that you you don't even know it's there. Um get you home get to bed deal with it the next day but that just progressively like that that didn't help anything it just felt a hundred times worse the next day because then you'd be waking up with with the fear of God and you, you know you'd be you'd be so like hung over as well that it just um, but I, I didn't know what to do like that was when those feelings came up and if I was having a few beers that was the only the only thing I could do in that moment to make myself feel better and it it was the same way everything you know um, say overeating at times and then undereating um, uh, overexercising, underexercising as I said becoming a bit of a recluse from life I would have done anything to be honest in that moment to to feel any sort of relief I, I couldn't go long term about it, I couldn't sit down and talk about it, I just had to there was some horrible anxious feeling coming up in me and I just had to get rid of it that was it, get it, get rid of it in the moment um, doesn't matter about tomorrow or couldn't even see that this was happening. The same things were happening again and again. Get rid of it, move on. Um and as I said, you know, that was just a lack of awareness on my part. Now, to be fair, I do remember over them years talking to my parents and and my sister about it as well, just at times like it, it was like talk even though I didn't know what the problem was even talking about it then was such a big help because it, it did like I and I'm still convinced now like to where I am now in in 2021 that me talking in 2011 2012 13 14 15 whatever about these issues that I was having uh, even though I couldn't get to the car problem I didn't know the car problem was there talking about it just it helped me get there even say from the first day I sat down with my family and said I need to talk about this to. I can't, I can't even think of the days must be thousands of days now at this stage to to now that that first chat has definitely was, was the beginning it, it didn't even matter at that stage if i could get to the car problem i was the fact that i was prepared to talk the fact that i had the family support i had they were willing to talk to me about it has been absolutely tremendous and even as i said back then when it didn't seem no matter how much I talked I couldn't I couldn't get it, feel any better um I still look back now and be like you know thank God I, I actually was able to talk back then or I did start talking back then um but because it's just it's just helped me so much over the years and especially then as I got older and was able to maybe make more sense of what I was feeling but you know th- this is the thing um, I when it came to around 2016 2017 you know there was that i do remember say from uh kind of mid 2060 and onwards it being like this was every single day was living in a state of constant anxiety Um the only the only relief i got was to be fair when i was asleep Um so it got to a stay it got to a stage then where like you know there was a couple of holidays and I went there. Uh, I went with the lads. Uh, I, I think again. I said this on the Instagram talk. I was in Austria, and I was so anxious. I I never that particular trip stands out because I I never felt that anxious about going away somewhere in my life. Um, that was incredibly intense, and I I don't really know what it was like, but obviously it was just getting to a stage where the anxiety was peaking, and um, I remember coming back. And saying to my parents, I was like, look, like, this isn't, this definitely isn't right. Like, you know, they. I know I've had, like, uh, over the years that sometimes it kind of lasted for a, a week or two or whatever, a couple of days, and then it went away, but, and it came back then, but, like, I was like, this is constant, and I, I can't even go away for, to watch a match with my mates without living like this, and not even that, like, it started to affect me physically then as well. It started to come run down, it started to get sick, like, you know, so it was, something just had to be done, and... That was at a time where I just didn't know where to turn. I had tried various therapists over um over the uh the, the previous years. Um, it just just didn't work for me. I don't know. I don't think I was ready, to be honest, to talk about. It. I don't think I had. I could even go there. Um, I tried support groups, and don't get me wrong, they were they were brilliant, and what they do is brilliant. But I I couldn't be associated with being sick. I think you know that was and this is only what I found out as I went on further, that it was being... I, I had so much shame surrounding being sick. Like, I, I saw it as, like, a failing of myself or a failing of my body, you know, that um, that I got sick, that I couldn't talk about it because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to feel those feelings that I had about it. So that when I went to support groups, I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, this isn't me. I'm, I'm not... I'm not... There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not... Don't associate me with with being sick. You know that's that's not a good thing. You know, um, and I think like that was how would I say it? Would have been it was difficult because I I think as I said the the war like what the support groups do is is absolutely fantastic, but you know I I was going in there with no awareness of what I was feeling. I didn't even know I needed support, um, and I think you know that that's one thing like that when 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 I got sick that. Like you're told, I was told like, say this is what the treatment is. You know, chemo, radio, all of that. This is what might happen, the side effects for treatment. But I, I think it would be hugely beneficial if somebody would sit down. I wish you had to start a treatment and be like, right, look, when when you're going through your treatment, um, or when you finish, as it, that it just happened to be it hit me, especially when I finished. Um, but it can definitely come up during treatment. Is that you are going to feel these feelings? A lot of the feelings you get are you know uh as i said fear um for the lack of control that you had over the situation um grief grief is a huge one and um, that that came up and um, very unexpected as well of kind of like the person you were before that you know like that person is gone and it's never coming back and i i, I found that particularly difficult to get my head around and um, that was yeah grief of lost time as well so like there was so much time they spent being anxious or um maybe for others so much time spent in treatment that uh where that they can't spend living and doing the things they normally or they would love to do um you know th- there's a lot there that comes up um as shame again like people i felt very ashamed personally about how it looked as i mentioned just there a few minutes ago um that I, I felt very ashamed as if it was some sort of failing in me, you know, like that That was how I felt about myself. It's like, you know, cancer is a bad thing. Bad things happen to bad people. You must be a bad person. And it wasn't, that. that and that thought process came from the fact of I couldn't, I couldn't find a reason for it. Like I, I questioned everything <laughs> under the sun you could imagine of uh as I said karma religion God whatever you want to call it did I do something bad is this payback and and the fact is you don't get an answer you know or you just you just you can't find anything so what, what the conclusion I came to was just well this just is something you're just not a good person and this is just you're just a bad person that's why you're sick because the actual reality of it that this can happen to anybody at any time without any warning good bad indifferent whatever was far too scary for me to deal with at the time because that again brought in the whole mortality element but these are the things that need to be flagged to people because when you come out with treatment it's so frightening going back to the real world after being wrapped up in cotton wool for so long that uh it's 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 very unexpected and that's the whole reason for me talking about this now is just that if somebody is on that journey currently that they look that there could be like don't get me wrong i'm not saying this happens to 100% of people all the time like there definitely are people who it does give them a new lease of life and they come back and they're they are straight back into you know uh taking up all the experiences they want and and doing things and you, you know i can't speak for everybody about this but i do know that there is many many people who are in my boat and have felt these things during treatment and post-treatment that I, I just think it's really important to flag the awareness so that you're not going into the way myself and, and my family did which was clueless and then when it came up not knowing how to deal with it or not knowing that there's supports there or not knowing that this is kind of part of the course the fact is that cancer and dealing with cancer afterwards is it's post-traumatic stress it is 100% post-traumatic stress and it can be you know, it does take a lot of healing work to, to work through it um, and it's, but th- as I said, the fact is, there's there's so much support out there that can help, um, that can help, you know, and there's so many different types of support out there because it's not going to be a, a, a one-size-fits-all uh, kind of thing and that's what I was saying um, there that, like, you know, I, I tried certain therapists and it just, it just didn't work and support groups and again, it just didn't work and um, my mother thankfully found a, uh, found a found a therapist who had also been through uh, been through that experience um, been through a cancer experience herself and I think that was huge because not only was I getting the benefit of talking to a to a professional but also to be, for somebody to be able to be like oh I get that like completely get that like it's it was so hard for, I think, my parents, um, my sister, to relate to it because they could imagine it and, and they could understand it. But it, it, it's like there's a big difference, I find, between understanding it um, but, and actually getting it. And that was uh, so, so big for me. What roshan sorry, Roshan Whelan was, was the name of my therapist. them. Um, that was huge absolutely huge for me and to be fair like the support that my family gave me um throughout that and when I was going to the sessions and kind of really opening up a lot of wounds you know my, my my dad used to drive me out to every session and he'd let me do whatever if I wanted to be picked up that was grand if I wanted to kind of take some time out uh and make my own way home that was fine and like that that was hugely hugely appreciated and even you know um my sister who was a couple of years younger than me at the time when I started she would have been 19 or 20 I think and even then like even she would sit there and talk to me about it and throw in her two cents and you know she has she's a lot more brains in her head than I did at 19 or 20 years old anyway but uh she was she was fantastic and then my mom uh, of course as well like as I said she did just listen to me talk to me um Oh, they were so they were so accommodating. It was really, really helpful, and like I, I don't have the words to be able to describe how how grateful I am for them uh, throughout all of that period and up until this day. Because you know this kind of thing and doesn't really go away. It's kind of something you just um, you learn to live with and you learn to manage it the best way you can. So when I went into into the therapy, anyway, it's we started to cut through so the surface level issues that I was saying of like I'd worry about this deal with it and move on to the next one I kind of started having to go deeper into that so if I worried about something it was like well what like what are you worried about really and getting to the real deep level of of um, sorry excuse me of grief um, the real lack of fear or the real lack of the fear of lack of control sorry that I had and I would have paralysed and that was um and even just like being being fully present again is that's exactly what I was trying to say being present in the moment means you do have to give up that control and that's something that you know is, is is so frightening so being present in normal life you know working doing whatever socializing even just out and about um was so scary because it meant giving up the control um that I had and you know that's something that that had to be worked on um over over the years I, I do i do still work and i have to be you know but it's brought the awareness in that i can actually yeah uh, i can deal with it you know I, I i know when it's happening i know what's what's bringing it up and you know those feelings of as i said th- there was a grieving process of of all that happened you know and um i, I think it's like you look at your um when I was talking to Roshan about, about the situation and the grief part came from like, like at the end of the day, it's your, that's a different, that's a person that, that Peter Corcoran at 16 will never, ever be around again. And that is quite upsetting, you know, to to think about it because there was a lot of, there was a lot of innocence there and there was a lot of kind of like lust for life. And it's uh, just, just wanting, you know, so many plans and, and goals and, and things like that, that, I, I had felt I had been maybe taken away now obviously looking back now as things have gone on it's uh it's just put me on a different path which I've absolutely you know n- n- grateful for now but at the time I had to I had to go through the process of feeling like that and um it, it, it's quite sad like um when I do think about it sometimes it still does make me sad you know you, sometimes you do think like I wonder what what I would have been like if I hadn't have been sick um but you kind of do become more acceptant of it like um, and I'm very acceptant of who I am now and I I don't really feel the shame as much around being sick if anything it's kind of it was an experience that happened and it was it was fairly intense it was fairly overwhelming Um, it was was fairly it was tough It, it, it was tough and I you know i felt very guilty at times of like you know god I'm, I'm putting my family through so much stress you know i'm i'm not really like I, I can see myself breaking their hearts like you know and i i didn't know what was wrong and to to work through forgiving myself for that um that yeah it, that was again it's just I, i'm not trying to be around the bush here it was quite overwhelming um it was quite upsetting as well um because I knew they, I knew they didn't feel like that. I knew they had no, like, feelings of any kind of animosity or resentment towards me. But I felt that way about myself. And to come around to that situation where you're actually, like, the, the light bulb moment where you're like, wow, like, this is all me. Like, the all of these feelings I have are not reflective of actual life or how other people feel. This is how I feel about myself. Um. Is like bittersweet because it's like nearly enlightening. You're like, oh god, like I. So this is what it is, and I, I can deal with this, and I can fix this. But it was still quite sad to see. I felt that way about myself, you know. And um, I, I think i had mentioned before. Yeah, to to really feel that. Um, I, I, I did a mindfulness course, which is essentially, you know, it's it's intense meditation for for two hours a night for eight weeks. Um, and. To be, to be guided on that by a professional uh, Fiona O'Donnell it was by the way that's sensational if anybody would ever think of going to do something like that but to sit there just with them feelings with no way of distracting myself um, you know through my phone or you know going out with friends or family or talking to anybody is yeah it's very it's intense but it's the most by, by being able to cry about it and um, and to, to like let those feelings out was like one of the most relieving things I've ever done and I'd, I'd swear by meditation I'd swear by mindfulness I think it's one of the most invaluable tools for anybody um, not who's just gone through any sort of trauma or cancer diagnosis I think it's an invaluable tool for everybody in everyday life same with therapy um, being able to talk about how you're feeling highly highly recommend but to feel those feelings and to kind of let them go to get them out of my system out of my body uh, is is very freeing and it's very um. how would I say what the word is it's yeah very liberating just it's I, I, it find, I find the words I find it hard to get the words out to be honest to, to describe it it's just it's just a release of years of pent up negative energy negative feelings about myself that had kind of been holding me back in life um, and rather than blaming the way the world was or everything else in the world it was taking ownership of it uh, was again something I don't think I really wanted to do um, but it, it had to be done it had to be done and I'm uh, I'm very grateful that I was given the chance to be able to do that to be able to to be here to speak about it to be able to hopefully through talking about it and sharing the experience that somebody else might be able to pick up something from this and maybe they won't have to go through the years of like unknown that I went through um, because it's unnecessary suffering for all that are involved and I think if it's if people are aware that the support is there if people are aware that these feelings are like 100% natural 100% common to to a reaction like that and uh, that it does take away that feeling of isolation and kind of I'm the only person in the world who feels like this nobody gets it, nobody understands me I don't know what to do because in that headspace it can be very difficult to, to see to see a way out of that problem um, but it's just that's that's the whole point is that's been the whole point of 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 the podcast is, is to to raise awareness from and as I said not even through this but with all of the other guests just various various things that people have going on various experiences they've been through and how they've dealt with them and how they have channeled those experiences into more positive things, the support that's there, the help that's there um to bring awareness to all of these things and you know by 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 going through all of that over the last 10 years you know i i finally got to a stage where i was able to make sense of the fact that um yes cancer was out of my control but it's not my fault that it happened no matter how much i tried to find a reason for it uh it's just not my fault i i didn't do anything um i don't need to be punishing myself by for what happened anymore i don't need to be like lacking in 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 the self-esteem that i had i i don't need to blame myself for for struggling with it Um, i need to find like, it was more i need to be compassionate with myself for for struggling with it i need to be kind to myself for struggling with it Um, i need to forgive myself for maybe not handling it it in the ways that I that I wanted to um, and handling situations badly in my life um as a result of what was going on I think I need to be able to forgive myself for that and to work through that is is a challenging process but it's one of the most rewarding processes you can ever do um because when you get to a stage where it's you realize there's more to life than living in survival mode um it's and there's so much there to be taken from life there's so much enjoyment there that can that can come from life if if you learn how to let these things go and like look I'm not saying it's as simple as is A to B it's it's a very kind of windy road but I think even if you have if, if you have the attitude that you're prepared to do it like that's that's 90% of the work really is is having the mindset that you're like I'm gonna do this yeah there's gonna be bumps yeah it's, you might go back you might go backwards a few times you come, make leaps and bounds and then all of a sudden it'll just hit you again but that's all okay and I think that was the, the whole thing that I made peace with myself with was that the whole experience is okay all the, the things that happened maybe as a result of how I was feeling um, in other aspects of my life is is okay and I needed to forgive myself rather than sit in the past punishing myself for firstly getting sick which had absolutely nothing to do with me and secondly for for anything that happened afterwards that maybe could have been handled better that the only way to move forward was by forgiving myself and letting it go and I think that's it's just a so it, it, it can be done and for anyone who is listening who maybe is in that place as I said not necessarily in a um, in, in the place of a, of a cancer diagnosis or that. The support is there. It 100% can be done. And it's so worth it to do it because life does get better. And when it does get better and you look back, you are kind of like, I'm really happy I took that first step to get the help I needed because now I can, now I can feel all these things again that I wanted to feel. Um, and now I can enjoy life for what it is and now I'm more acceptance of there will be difficult experiences along the way but that's okay I have the tools there to deal with them I can deal with them I can get support if I need it and needing support wanting support there's no shame in any of that it's nobody nobody could handle every single aspect of life Every single time by themselves, we we all need support at at some point or another. So, again, it just as, as I'm as I'm wrapping up this episode now in the next few, it is just that that um to bring awareness to to anybody who's going through any sort of experience in life that um you can work through it, you can get out of it. The support is there. The tools are there. Um the the awareness is what i'm trying to push now but even we can i can see like in in all aspects of 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 mental health now that's growing that's growing that's growing there's so much more awareness there now and also that if, if anybody ever did need anything any kind of support uh or want to touch base on anything with me personally um feel absolutely free um i'm on instagram i'm on i'm on twitter under uh under peter Corcoran 10 i my email address peter gmail 10 @gmail.com and as i said if anybody ever wanted to drop me a line or needed any sort of support or any pointing in the right direction about anything around uh, around mental health around dealing with with any issues um i've no problem i've no problem giving a dig out or or having a chat or anything like that i think it's uh because looking back to 10, 11 years ago when I was in that position, I think that's all I wanted somebody to say and that at the end of the day, um, things are going to work out and things will be okay. So, as I said, I'm just wrapping up the episode now and I really, really appreciate anybody who was who tuned into it and uh, I hope I hope somebody can take something from this episode again because that's all that matters and that's the whole reason uh, that was the whole inspiration behind the podcast and how I channeled my own experience into something like this is just that if this helps one person then this thing has been an absolutely huge success so thanks again many thanks to everyone who tuned in and I hope that my experience can be a benefit to anyone who may need it so that's the end of today's episode but I will be back soon with another episode of Let Your Guide Down.